Thank you for tuning in here to the Bartender's Jukebox Podcast. Today on this episode, <coughs> excuse me there, today on this episode, I will be having an interview with uh, Heath, Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, you guys should stick around for that. I'm going to ask him all kinds of crazy questions and whatnot. And who knows what we'll talk about later, but stay tuned. I will have the, the Mr. Nice Guy uh, interview coming up. So uh, hope everybody's having a great weekend so far. I got to say that. Uh, it's weather's been beautiful in my area, 80 plus degrees, definitely feels like beach weather. Uh, I can't wait to go to the beach. Let me tell you, <laughs> I definitely can't. So, uh, speaking of that, being down at the beach and stuff like that, what is one of, the, one of your favorite shore foods? Me, I gotta go with, I gotta go with French fries. Uh, I'm a French fry guy, that and ice cream. Those are my two shore foods right there. Oh. Uh, if you want, go to the Facebook page and let me know uh, what your shore foods are. You know, and if you go to the beach or just your vacation foods in general, uh, just let me know. All right. Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, sorry. It took me a second to figure out all the... The, the buttons and stuff <laughs> you couldn't have, you couldn't have made it any easier for me man i'm sorry it's, 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 nice it's, it's technology what do you expect yeah man how you doing hanging in there man i can't really complain how's, how's mr nice well, guy doing these days i could complain but who the hell want to hear that <laughs> no, I, um, no man I, one day at a time brother you know what i mean yeah just taking each each opponent as they come, and uh, you know, I guess we're uh, Dave Klein posted a picture of a beetle that he never saw before, and I guess it's the murder beetle. Oh, so, geez. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. It, well, so actually, don't quote me on that. You, you just you, uh, you were talking about Dave Klein there. I noticed recently you were uh, some Americana something or other is going on. Yeah, man, that was really cool, and it, it was Explain. different because yeah, go ahead. No, no, explain that to me. So, me and Dave have been friend, friends for quite a while, yeah. and um, like really before I was even his friend, he used to just kind of show up at shows and sit in the background quietly, mm-hmm. and I knew who he was, but I never got it, you know, sometimes it's hard to get away from the microphone and say hi to people. Yeah. And then and he, uh, I guess... He, he did a lot of stuff with WEU and stuff like that, the AM radio station here locally. Amazing amounts of stuff. He started yeah. the... The, uh, the I guess the bluegrass thing and the uh, I mean the guy that there the guy is uh, is a unbelievable musical talent. There's not an instrument he can't play exceptionally great. And he but he's also regardless of being like an amazing musician, I have a fondness for him because of what a down to earth, humble, amazing person he is. Who everybody he talks to, he makes them laugh, makes them feel good. Not an easy thing to do at this time. You know, to make oh, people definitely. smile and to put other people first. And, you know, he had an incident not that long ago where his, uh, you know, I don't mean to talk so much about Dave's personal life, but it's no. not really personal. His uh, house got burned down and he unfortunately lost some of his uh, beloved animals. And I think they were out of town. And, you know, it, it was mind blowing because the guy's got priceless instruments that are, you know, and, I think he's got the Cujo guitar. I mean, the guy's just got amazing guitars. But yeah. That didn't hurt as bad as his pets did, to me at least, because I know my guitars can be replaced, but my pets can't. Yeah. And instead That's... of being in, in a dark moment, he picked up his pieces, and here he is, less than a, not even a year after that, uh, opening up doors for people and giving opportunities so that larger audiences can see different people. And um, to be invited onto his show with especially with the you know different types of people that he has on was you know such an honor to be a part of it I and think Zach uh, is, uh, what is it uh, americana fest mm-hmm. what yeah that's if, what I'm, if i'm correct yeah we would have been if i'm correct there would have been a different location i don't know if it would have been the pagoda or the evergreen or something i've heard a couple different things but um to do it virtually you know, like people don't realize, like from a musician's perspective, we feed on the energy of faces. At least I do. I, I know real musicians do. And um, 
you know, the crowd. And even if there's one person in the crowd, I play my ass off for that one person. And chances yeah, are that yeah. one person calls a friend and now there's two friends. You get and, to see um, those live reactions right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, it's kind of me in the kitchen singing into the fridge with a stick holding the phone and um, trying to make people that I don't even know what's going on on the other side smile. And, um, you know, I feel that the quarantine open mics and, and different opportunities have really brought in the horizons and especially like the county we live in, Berks, mm. if we were to, you know, micro it down a little bit. There's so many amazing musicians and just because you don't have a three hour show to present doesn't mean you can't kill it for a half hour. And I think a lot of people got to see a lot of musicians they normally wouldn't have. Um, mm-hmm. Sal from Birdsboro is a huge standout, at least in the Berks area. You know, there's a bunch of people on there that I go on whenever they have a show. I have it set that it notifies me. And if I'm available, I watch it. And if not, I watch it before I go to bed. Um, I don't comment all the time on everybody's stuff, but I absolutely watch um as much as I can and like I can't even remember everybody's name and it's wonderful you know like not everybody has to be the most polished top notch but they if their truth is what they are it makes it beautiful um, and that that's what matters yep I, I mean I root, when you see somebody flub I flubbed I played wrong notes just root for them and you keep get back on that damn horse and go brother you know or sister yeah now you were saying about the Americana Fest; it was virtual. Uh, can people find us on Facebook and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave has a Facebook page for the Americana Fest. Hold on, let me grab the article. Um, I think it says it on here. It's a virtual fest. It, it's it's Americana Fest. I know it's one word, and the logo because there's you know of course multiple Americana Fests, um, you know throughout the country. But his is one word, and the tone hole of his Martin, I believe it's a Martin with the American flag on it, is the cover. So if anybody listening wanted to go watch any of the amazing music, it's not just music, too. There's people going on there talking about the history of our town, yeah. um, the, the heritage of... I learned a lot the other... Before I played my show, the guy before me was talking about the, uh, the German influence and... Uh, it was fascinating just hearing this guy rattle off the history of stuff in the town we live in was really cool. So Dave's got all the angles covered over there and uh, he's different than the open mics. It's not all just music. Um, there's events that he showcases and uh, doesn't he have a music. podcast as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, what's it called? Come into my kitchen or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a busy guy. And I hope that you know, all throughout the remainder of me doing music and as long as Dave's doing music, which is hopefully for another hundred years, whatever he asks me to do, I'm doing it. Cause, all right. Because he's good. Like, he's a good dude. And really, in this day and age, I think the the cream rises to the top, brother. As <laughs> uh, the good old Randy Macho Man Savage would say. Yeah, man. You get to see the true colors of people. At mm. times like these, and if anybody's true colors were shining brighter than Dave, I mean, another example would be Zach over at the Burke's Quarantine. He does a morning meditation. Um, he's he's actually the headline guy tonight on it, um, and he's a great musician and good dude. There's a lot of good out there, and a lot of people yeah. that are tr- trying their hardest because there's you know I was playing one to three shows a week, and then when the quarantine hit. I lost everything. And speaking speaking of that, I mean, yeah. you were you were t- we were just talking about virtual. Yeah. So you recently had your first gig in public. What was that like? I mean, I know a oh, lot's going great. on in the restaurant industry because like social distancing, it's takeout, yeah. and, and all that stuff. And I've talked about it in my previous episodes. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd say the most recent ones, like what's going on, like how tough it's going to be for businesses to open up. You know, in the service industry, how was it for live entertainment? Well, honest to God, it was a challenge a little bit because, you know, like usually at the airport, you perform inside. There's fantastic acoustics. It's a closed in area. And first of all, before I say another word, I want to give a shout out to, you know, Mark, Dennis, all the Klinger family, Jeff Tatum, all my boys in the kitchen, all my, you know, the wait staff and everybody who's been so amazing to me over the years through Klinger's 
I am honored that I was asked to kick off a Clingers, you know, getting back out there. And mm-hmm. I hope I wish nothing but the absolute best for those guys and everybody in town that's hurting. There's, I mean, look at you, man. You're the best bartender around, period. And it hurts my soul that. that people aren't getting them mixologist lessons. And, you know, you're not just a bartender. You're a counselor. You're, you're my counselor. Um, I mean, I, 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 I could set up different YouTube channels for all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I have plenty of downtime right now, but I think right now I'm just going to go with a podcast and yeah, just kind of kick I mean, back I could, and relax. I couldn't imagine how brain. many your regular customers <laughs> and, and, regu- and the staff that knows you and works alongside of you. I couldn't imagine how much everybody misses you right now, dude. And, um, oh, there you but we're going to get back out, you know, like last night was an eye-opening educational experience that could not have gone any better if we tried even harder. Um, first of all, they, they accurately socially distance tables. And I would hope that when people go out now, there's a new appreciation that we might have taken for granted. Um, a lot of Americans have been born into this democratic freedom and don't know what it's like to be told you know, when you can't go out, where you can and can't go, what you can and can't do. And we've all experienced that as a collective mass right now. So I hope that when people go out, they are super nice to the bartenders and the waitresses and each other, and they respect each other. And when it comes to masks, like, you know, everybody that got up from the table, put their mask on. Um, you know, I, I might've broken the, uh, I might've given a hug or two out but they were to a couple of my very close friends that drove all the way up from New Jersey. And my friend Margaret's birthday was yesterday. And it was such an honor just to see them. And, I, and I, I've been tested through my job, so I know I'm negative. And, um, you know, like it just, oh my God, those were some of the best hugs I think I've ever had. And I don't regret them for a second, <laughs> you know, because I really miss my friends. And I'm an introverted guy, Mark. You know me. Like, you're probably closer to me than anybody on this planet, dude. And I'm very introverted. And But when you hand me a guitar and a microphone and I turn on my Hulk Hogan character called Mr. Nice Guy and all that shyness goes away, it took me about five songs to realize I wasn't playing into the fridge. Um, (laughs) And and again, of course, you know, technical, getting this... I had one speaker on the left that was half the volume of the one on the right, and it took me four songs to realize why things were off. Got a little bit of a cutout here, Keith. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I was just saying, it's, te- technically speaking, there were a couple times that I had to uh, adjust, you know, not using my live equipment in a while. Some knobs had to be mm-hmm. moved in different directions. and. But once we got the ball rolling, I think, honestly, I could have got up there with one string on a stick and smacked out 10 songs and people would have been so happy to hear live music. Um, <laughs> and it just happened that, you know, once I got on a roll, I got on a roll. And uh, and I'm not saying it was the most perfect show. People... I think we had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about 10 tables, maybe 12. I'm not sure the exact head count. But yeah. some of them were four top, some of them were five, six top. So if you I were say to about count, it's based on that. More, more than fifty, less than a hundred. Right. Um, right on. Probably, probably closer. You know, I'd have to ask Mark. I, I didn't see him at the end of the night to ask what the. But you at least had a good turnout for it. Oh, it was great. You know, for the most part, there was at least one or two tables that were open. But for the most part, the tables were full and the crowd was really diverse and there were families, there were, you know, music people, there was uh, Ralph Janke from Reading Eagle Spotlight. Um, he was there and he told me he was taking photographs and notes because he's working on another article about the uh, the musicians that opened the door back up. And um, there's no there, Keith. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm, I should probably. I'm I'm sitting in a spot. Oh shit! I I am captain. I am technical difficultyed out because you know today I work and stuff. I'm sorry. My my kitchen sometimes has a dead spot. I'm gonna move. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me, buddy? Hello. 
Uh, what the hell am I doing? Hold on. Stay with me, Mark. I'm working. Oh, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> Hello? I'm going to figure this out. Give me a Hey, we're back. Hey, we're in. All right. (laughs) Great technical difficulties there earlier. Yes, sir. Of course. Nothing worth having isn't worth having to hustle 20 times harder for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, man, it's just good hearing your voice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, all right, we were talking talked about Americana Fest. Talked a little bit about Dave Klein. Uh, your first gig at Clingers. Um, so, so, oh yeah, Clingers. I didn't get to say thank you to everybody that came. I might have. I might have started saying that before I moved and everything went to hell. Um, but that was so amazing that people were there and being supportive and um uh, you know i i didn't pay for play for for a check but i got tipped very well and um which was nice and i think all the waitresses that you know it was just nice to see life looking kind of normal yeah um now granted i still haven't been out in the world yet so i i kind of don't know I, i don't know what it's like yet well the world's a scary place right now, mm. and it just seems very confusing. Like I, you know, I, I work in healthcare, so on one hand, yes. Yeah, so speaking, to... speaking of that, that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, yeah, you, what do you do exactly for a living? Well, that role has changed several times. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a music therapist. I work for a local uh, assisted living center, and. Um, I'm, I'm an activity assistant, but I generally specialize in music therapy. And up until COVID, that was my main thing. And then, of course, things changed a little, and uh, I had to put the guitar down for two months and just focus on basically being a door-to-door counselor. Okay. Which, which is incredibly difficult because... Oh, I could imagine during this time. Yeah, you know, we have, a, as of right now, where I work, has a zero COVID number, which is incredibly rare, especially with everything going against us. But the staff I work with and myself have been quarantined and um, we've kept ourselves and kept everybody safe. And you don't hear about that in mainstream media. Um, they focus on what, you know, if it bleeds, it's green. And yeah. it's nice to be able to say it on a forum like this to let people know that we've done it right and that doesn't mean doing it the pretty way or the fun way or the way that everybody agrees because we've got people that are glued to tvs and stuck in their room and god knows what the hell's going through their mind when you walk in the door yeah you know they miss their family they miss being able to go down to the cafeteria Mm -hmm. um, The, the, the simple things that we take for granted for sure absolutely and i think as bad as all this stuff has been, my mindset has been on what I, I've learned what matters and what doesn't. And I can only hope that more people can say that um, mm-hmm. because Maybe. There, nobody where I work gives a damn about what I do outside really. Cause it's not like they can come see me. Um, so I'm a completely different person in there and I'll be, I'm a musician, but they know Keith, they know the real me and the real me uh, went through similar experiences with my grandparents and I was very close to my mom and I watched her slide through dementia. Um, mm-hmm. My parents are angels with wings under their shirt and they set such a good example in how you do it right when it comes to elderly care. And I'm just doing my best to try to keep people optimistic at a time when it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, 
one day they love Trump, one day they hate Trump. One day I'm a prison guard, one day they're just happy to see me. And and anybody, whether you're elderly or normal, like I try to explain to people in the general public, even though you're quarantined in your house, at least you can go in your backyard. And if you want, like one of the things I've learned is one of my, it always was one of my favorite things to do, but especially during this time period, I get in my car and I go for 20, 30 minute rides. Sometimes they're 45 to an hour. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going straight. And then I make three lefts and I'm home. And, uh, (laughs) and I listen to music and I've got my dog with me. And so that's a freedom that I have that nobody in there has that I do not take for granted because mental health wise, this is taking a toll on everybody. Mm-hmm. And like you touched on earlier with the businesses and, you know, people, they, they got it. People have to have opinions so much that they're so quick to jump on one side or the other that they don't realize what they're saying when they say it. And I've had people you know, not get in my face because I, I don't think too many people want to try that. But if if I could say some of the interesting things I've heard are that, oh, well, at least you got your job and I'm trying to do my best to chew my tongue. But since you know, I'm talking to my brother on his show, it's not as easy as people think because my yeah. income was a professional musician and a music therapist is a part time job for me. Um, I'm a disabled person. I have issues that I don't need to get into, but you know, I'm a car accident survivor and I've got the bags that go with that. And um, I don't use them as like my weakness is my strength. And I can relate and empathize on a level that most people can't. And when it comes to the day job, I'm really not there for the paycheck. I'm there for the people. And that's very difficult at a time when I sure could use a little more paycheck, you know, and, uh, but you have to, every day I'm taught some sort of lesson in humility and being humble. And I have to be grateful for what I have and not what I don't. And putting other people ahead of yourself. If more people were in that line of thinking, it would be a better world. I'm not saying I float on water or anything. I got my issues just like anybody else. But when I'm in there and I realize that for the past three months, I've had to sacrifice so many things like seeing my family, especially my children that are my whole life. Everything mm-hmm. I do is for them. And I don't care. I'm going on the record saying it because why not? There's some parents out there that think because you work in healthcare that you should be completely alienated from your children. And I might as well, you know, my kids listen to all my stuff and it's all documented. And I don't even know if this is going to make the show or not, but you know, if you're, if you're a mom out there or a dad and you have a child that you share custody, don't make it difficult for the kids to talk to their parent. Don't lie to them. Don't hide text messages because someday you'll regret it. And I've, so I've been through quite a bit. And there's a lot of nights. I think there was two months where I would come home, mm-hmm. lay, on the, lay on the floor with the dog, and pass out. Because no matter how many times I called or texted, wanted to talk to them, I couldn't get a hold of them. And so the families on the outside need to know that the healthcare workers are sacrificing too. And we're not able to see our families. And I had some people get a little crass with me around Mother's Day. Um, and I'm excited. You know, they they shut it down when I explained that the sacrifice is, you know, everywhere. And and just because I look a certain way, I have to I have to put on my game face when I go into work. There were a lot of days going into work that my stomach was upside down and sideways because like, holy crap, how am I going to get through this? But the more that I've done it, the more, you know, when I left work today, I was exhausted, but Mm -hmm. My friend Ed Tarantelli turned 71 today. He's a humongous musical influence on me. And I got to hand him a guitar that his son bought him. His well, we're going to get into influences yeah. soon here. Okay, I'll, I'll pull back. But, you know, so there's a, <laughs> that, that, it's, a, it's a silver lining. Yeah. In a day where I also spoke to at least a dozen people that nothing I could say could help them from crying. Um, and there's a lot of confusion. And what do you mean you don't have the answers? And so my, my message is 
when people talk about stuff like they think they know all the answers right now, I'm so turned off. Um, I want to listen to my dog pant more than I want to hear somebody who knows it all. Um, oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because if we're smart as a collective, as humanity, you know, right now, after the past hundred years of industrialism and, you know, Reaganomics, which led to the financial explosion, we ain't there right now. There needs to be a change and people need to look at things a little different. And the materialism is nothing compared to the relationships we have. And that's what I'm learning from this because I have to have a silver lining because if not, it'd be really hard to go to work. Very true, man. Very, very true. And, and, so, I'm, and I'm, hey, man, I'm, I'm just speaking on my behalf. I, I think the yeah. real heroes are the kitchen staff, the cleaning crew, the nurses, the people that um, I have one person I work with who uh, I don't want to say names on the air, but she's incredibly pregnant. Um, she's given birth in six weeks and five days. And I have a special fondness for people I work with because these are hardworking, amazing people. And this is a mm-hmm. tough cookie. And I'm so proud to be able to work with somebody like that. And there's a lot of people in there. The guy that runs the place, he doesn't have the luxury of saying what people want to hear, but he says what's right. And that doesn't come with being popular, but I love the guys keeping us safe and, um, and you can approach him and talk to him. And that's the best thing you could ask for at a time like this, because in healthcare, unfortunately, not everybody's talking right now because nobody knows the answers. So, I mean, this is just from one perspective. You might talk to somebody else who hates their life right now because they're a healthcare worker. And you might talk to somebody who's floating on a cloud because they're so happy to save lives. It really depends where you stand in it. Um, I have friends that don't work in healthcare that seem to know everything about healthcare, which makes it hard to be friends <laughs> because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but you know how it is, man. Like, mm-hmm. like people, they take a little bit from this, a little bit from that. They live in a world where they get instant news and don't fact check. And when you post stuff, I appreciate what you post because there's actually more than just a share attached to it. You read the article, and it, and if it looks like something that lines up, you share it. And I, honestly, when I share, man, I just I leave people make their own viewpoints on it. You notice I'll never comment on anything. Never. It's not my place to get into. But that's why you're so good at what you do, man. Like you, you have such a neutral stance. You always have. Um, and like I, I think you said it to me, and and like really, man, this has been second. You're the guy that planted it in my head. Everybody's so far to the left and so far to the right. So I'm gonna hang out in the middle for a little bit. And um, I don't think you said it exactly like that, but that's well. The, the term I've been using lately is I'm a bird sitting on a fence and I'm looking at both sides, seeing which has the better food. Boom. That's such a more poetic way than I I said it like a Jersey guy sitting at a bus stop. Um, yeah, speaking, 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 speaking of Jersey, yeah. speaking of Jersey, in past episodes I've talked about like foods and stuff like that. Yeah. So like around here is PA Dutch. Oh, this is growing great. up in Jer- growing yeah. up in Jersey. What is what is a staple food from Jersey that you used to eat? Oh, that depends on. Uh, I hate to say like your ethnic heritage. Um, I was raised in a house where we were a mix of different things, but we were definitely Italian at heart. And uh, but, but, but was there like a certain kind of jersey, like there's like Jersey fries or something, or a sandwich or cheesesteak? Something that that's cheesesteak because cheese it'd be so close to Philly. That well, the, you know, the Philly one's got its own thing, and yeah, there's nothing greater than a Pat's, you know, with the. the right, well, 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 in that case, what was your favorite Jersey cheesesteak? Palermo's in Williamstown, about three blocks away from our house and on a, on a on a payday night dad got two cheesesteaks we all got one and uh when i eat cheesesteaks i gauge them on that and i think uh what, what know, made it so good 
like for Philly, they say it's like the Amoroso roll with yeah. with or without, you know, all that stuff. Like, what 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 made the Jersey cheesesteak from Palermo's for you? Well, they weren't over greasy. They weren't. They didn't. This whole putting sauce on cheesesteak thing—that's a Pennsylvania thing. I didn't even know what the heck that was. People, I'm like, what? that's more. I think I think it's I think it's more like a Berks County thing. Really? Yeah, maybe. That's a, yeah. Because I, when I first moved out here, I'd order a cheesesteak, and they'd bring it out smothered in stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Can I have a cheesesteak? And uh, that, there, there, there was a place locally, uh, Augie's, back in the day. They they would actually put pickles. They had, they had a killer sauce they would use. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they would put pickles on top of that then. That sounds really good. It, it was a different take on a cheesesteak. It was it was actually really, really good, man. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I had one of those now in 20 years. I think about those cheesesteaks because I think about more or less I remember that I can smell it and taste it right now I think it's just you know missing sitting at that table with my fan so because I, 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 think, I think about food like that um, I'm food, not a food brings people together yeah yeah in past episodes I talked about like Anthony Bourdain Bourdain going around um, on his shows and it really does bring people together their food and, and drinks and stuff like that so speaking of drinks yeah what's your choice uh, two fingers of Jack on two rocks. <laughs> I do. Two fingers of Jack on two rocks. All right. Yeah, I used to do it hardcore without the rocks, but you know, I I have progressively devolved in my evolution of drink over the years. See, I used. To, All right, so not so not so non-alcoholic. What's your go-to non-alcoholic? Ginger ale. I don't. Know, ginger ale. I don't know why. It's just I I stopped drinking beer one day and I started drinking ginger ale and. Um, I feel better that way. I used to drink a lot of Mountain Dew and the, the darker sodas. If I'm at a restaurant, I don't order beers. I, you know me, I get the soda um, because there I feel like that's the equivalent to a beer for me. Alcohol affects people differently, and I, I'd like to be completely 100% honest in everything I say. And I'm not one of those people alcohol agrees with properly. Um, took me a long time to learn that. So. I drink. We've all had our moments. Yeah, I, I drink more of a sipping these days. And like if, yeah. if I play a set, not all. Pinky out. Pinky yeah. out, my friend. Yeah, I think it's more grown to sip a little whiskey. Um, I, I don't <laughs> I do not do mixed drinks, and it's crazy because you make the best mixed drinks on earth, and I, okay. and I just drink whiskey. So. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. All right, so you got your. You're you're sitting down in Jersey on the shore. You got a ginger ale in hand. The radio's on. What songs are you preferring on that radio? At this point, man, I'd like to jump in a time machine and listen to 40 Ounces to Freedom front to back sitting in Jersey. That'd be fun. That's Sublime. Sublime. Yeah, first album, because that reminds... That's my Jersey. The Jersey sound is very much somewhere between doo-wop, Bruce Springsteen, and... I, I believe it's somewhere in there. A little hip-hop in there, because Jer- Jersey's uh, so uh, close to New York. Uh, all right, so, so you're a Jersey boy. Yeah. Got to go. You got your pick here. Don't know if you like him or if you don't like him. Bon Jovi or Springsteen? Both. And and here's the thing. As a kid, I, I rebelled against Springsteen because that was the older kid's stuff. I latched on to John mm-hmm. Bon Jovi because that was me. I was living on a prayer. I was like seven or eight when I... All right, what, was it because of the hair or the, the spandex pants? Neither. It's because me and John Bon Jovi were birth, <laughs> We were born on March 2nd, same day as Dr. Right. Seuss. So I always felt like I was close to John Bon Jovi because we were brother Pisces born on the same day. Yeah. And I and I, 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 I don't really listen to Bon Jovi. I prefer Bruce Springsteen these days. It's, you know, <laughs> I, not, not, not anything against Bon Jovi, but right, come on, man. Like, that's for the, the housewives, I guess. You know what though? I think in ten years though, like we'll, we'll we'll appreciate that more. Like I appreciated Bruce Springsteen later on in life. Yeah, his, his I, acoustic I album, his Angels and Demons acoustic album, has yeah. changed my life. I, it made me think, holy crap! You know when you we tend to think that, like when you look at a band like Metallica, and early you know through Master of Puppets from Kill 'Em All to Master of Puppets, they were a certain band. <laughs> And the fans at that time latched onto them looking a certain way and sounding a fresh new wave of British heavy metal. And then they evolved into the Black Album and Justice, and that led to the Load and Reload, which people seem to hate, but I love. 
because I was co- I dig it. I was coming of age musically, and how brave was it for them to try something different? Because um, if I wanted to hear the heavy, I could go to Pantera and go check out Trendkill when it was still heavy. But mm-hmm. but Metallica's evolved so much that I think my favorite Metallica is the one right now with Lars and his purple sparkle drums and you know Robert Trujillo on bass is the closest thing to Cliff Burton you can get but he's his own thing um, and James's guitar playing that guy down picks better than anybody Kirk Hammett of course yeah. his hands are noodles he's the best key of E solo there ever was and I think they're proof that as you age you get better musically and you know like with Springsteen that Angels and Demons well speaking speaking of Springsteen though like and you were saying getting older I don't know if you gotten the chance to see it on Netflix he has uh, Springsteen on Broadway yes yes I've, I've seen about I fell asleep to it the one night I, now that I'm glad you said that I actually just wrote it down on a piece of paper because I definitely need to watch that when I'm awake but yeah it's 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 Really good storytelling on that one if you get the chance to. Awesome. That's, and that's why I, I, I've gravitated towards him because I, as, as I'm an older musician and a songwriter, I'm not old, but like, I mean, I'm mature musically now. I'm not trying to be a punk kid to have a certain look or, you know, whatever. So I appreciate the real. Like, mm-hmm. I go to the Bob Dylan Pandora channel at least once a day because he's got the Woody you know, the, the Guthrie's and, and the Hank Williams and the, I, I've been finding myself going back to that kind of music lately too. I mean, being penned up here with the quarantine, like one song I've really been listening to, and I, it seems to come up at least once a day is Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. You, you know what? I was just saying that the other day. I was thought, who was I telling that? That that's a song that gets, that sh- just shows up in the ether all the time. Now it's a good call, man. And, but that's a, and that's a perfect well, I, example. I, Look at how simple they do: pinch harmonics, a couple of simple lyrics, yeah. and a message that's timeless. Pretty powerful for the time it was it was it was going through, and it almost relates to somewhat today. Absolutely, yeah. we we really are living in the same mindset and mind frame of what people in the late '60s were going through. The only difference being we have social media. Yes, but it's it's yes that that is that is that is a huge part of everything nowadays. Like it, it, it breaks media. my heart when I hear, and I mean, I, I, you and me, we're colorblind guys. We never really had a had a color thing, um, but when I hear people say stuff like, "All right," especially here's a message to Caucasian people: when somebody says "Black Lives Matter," don't say "All Lives Matter." That's ignorant. I I think they're missing the point. Yes, obviously all lives matter. But when you see somebody with a broken leg on the ground, you're not going to stand there and say, I hurt my leg once. Like, mm-hmm. like things really, I'm not a fan of rioting. I'm not a fan of, of course, of looting or anybody hurting anybody, especially when they're hurting their own neighborhoods. But I fully understand and I'm fully behind it. And I think that, you know, sometimes you have to break it down to build it up and you know, like right now, we're at this turning point where you would have thought after the civil rights movement, there wouldn't be racial prejudice. But you and I both know me and you, oh shit, me and you standing in a store and you with tattoos gets prejudiced against sometimes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's happening. So you can understand what of having a shaved head and, and, and blue eyes on days like these might have comments coming at me when I'm walking my dog. And I just let it roll. It doesn't bother me because I feel like, you know what? I get it. I'm with you, man. Like, like I'm sorry that there has been so much lack of detail when it came to, like, but, but, hey, it's bringing to the surface all the ugliness, and I think mm-hmm. there, there, you're going to have people that are uh, uneducated, bigot-type people that think it's okay to dislike anybody, and then you're going to have people that go, wow, you know what? I wasn't doing that right. Um, one of the things that irks me is when, you know, somebody, I have friends that are all colors and all, um, and you know, you'd be standing around with like a friend that's black or whatever. And somebody says, I have a black friend just like you. And I cringe and I want to throw up because it's just like here. And I know a bald guy from back where I'm from and he looks, he's just like you. And I'm like, no, he's not. 
You know, <laughs> here's my thing. Here's here's my thing though. Once if somebody has to go, like claim anything along those lines, instead of just seeing anybody as a human being, in my opinion, can go fuck themselves. Absolutely. Like I'm not, I'm not, I, I won't sugarcoat that at all. Um, I, I'm a firm believer we are one on this earth. We breathe the same air. Uh, you know, our organs inside and out are we the same. We bleed the same for, color and we're sharing yes, the same everything. experience at the same time. And I don't know if we'll be alive to see a utopia. But I think this is needed. It breaks my heart when you see people looting at a time like this. But... Yeah, but have you seen it worldwide? No. I, well, yeah, I, I guess, I guess uh, I've seen... It's, it's all the same. But when you see somebody I've seen running out, stand up protests worldwide. When you see people running out of a store with something in their hands, that's an opportunist. And you can't judge all by some because not everybody down there protesting is there to hurt mm-hmm. anything. Um, I think it's sickening when you see people dropping off skits of bricks for some reason. But the media tends to focus on these isolated events and they're not showing what you posted the other day. They're not showing the officers in Reading walking alongside of the people in Reading and taking the time to talk to people on the corner. And if we live close to a city that's had more turmoil and tumultuous times, it's changing. Um, the, the police force is, is not all one color. And unfortunately, there are people that take advantage of having privilege. And, um, and privilege exists. And I, I think... Uh, you know, the, the world we leave behind for our children, hopefully and it's not prevalent. I will, I will I will, say this. I think sometimes the term privilege, like, I, I think because this, the word itself gets misconstrued in different ways or others. Of course. It, you know, like, I look at it this way. There's a lot of things in my life I have availability to. There's a lot of people that don't have that availability. Mm-hmm. But how? But because but of certain You've reasons. also worked your ass off and you've, and you've slung up from the ground up. And like when people, I, somebody, somebody did say I had privilege last week. And when they said it, it didn't bother me because I've, I had some time to really think about what that word means. And to that person, when they said it in that context, he was right. But he, but, <clears throat> but my, my counter to that is okay I might get a different reaction from the guy behind the counter at a store than somebody else because of the way I look okay that doesn't mean I'm not struggling that doesn't mean that I don't know hardships and I don't know tough times but now is not the time for me to bump chest with somebody because I know what it's like because the truth is no I don't know what it's like I've I don't know what it's like to get up and walk out of your house and wonder if you're going to get pulled over for no reason, if you're going to get arrested for no reason, all based on how you look. And unfortunately, there's people that are in positions of authority and power that look at a young man or somebody and they're intimidated and they don't even know that person. I know, I know me and you are a certain type of way. I'm the type of guy, you know, you bring on the biggest, scariest person and within 10 minutes, they're usually close friends for life because I'm just being mm-hmm. my damn self and and people that are used to people looking at them a certain way or assuming a certain way look at what happened in that neighborhood down I forget where it was but some guy was just going for a jog and these two momos this is where it all started I think during the pandemic decided they were going to shoot the guy because they thought he was robbing houses no he's running he's running Running down the street, minding his business, being healthy, being a good human being. And and like, so you and I will never know that. Um, So when people use the word privilege, instead of getting up in arms or offended, I'm thinking more democratically than I ever had about it. And my response is from empathy, not from anger, because there is a certain truth to that. However, if somebody's going to be bold enough to make that their statement, then it's up to them to educate themselves the same way I did. Because we don't live in a world right now where we can just point fingers at people and give them a blanket title. 
there's so much gray. There's no, you know, the black and white has to go. The gray has to come. And like people have to find a common ground of acceptance. But it really does start with the way that the people of authority treat people of color. And I think, I don't mean to get on such a soapbox about it because I'm not a civil rights activist, but I do have a voice. I have an opinion. I usually get a microphone and guitar and I, I can affect change. So the way I'm going to affect change is setting the example by doing the right thing and treating my brother the way I want to be treated and continuing to do that however long it takes till the day I die because that's exactly. the way it's supposed to be. If somebody's down, you help them up. If, if somebody, if you're not accustomed to a certain culture or a certain look, it's up to you to educate yourself. And if you want to remain in ignorance about it, like if I hear somebody say, I have black friends, I'm like, I even earlier today, I, when we were just talking in this interview, I said, I have a mix of friends, but that I hate saying that because I didn't choose my friends based mm-hmm. on the way they look. I, I choose my friends based on one, if they choose me back and two, based on who they are. And, and that has a lot to do with yeah. the way I was raised. My parents are wonderful people. We were raised in an open door home. Um, my, my parents, we used to joke about it. I think they have like 50 to 100 kids. And, and we don't really keep count on colors, ages, and any of that. They got kids every age. They got kids every color. And the door was open. So I was raised in a home where there was no difference. And not everybody had my upbringing. Um, or yours, you know, like, and sometimes people like us come from situations of bigotry where their families Archie Bunker and they decide I'm not going to be like that. But, but as a collective, as a society, people have to educate themselves on what they fear and what they don't understand. Because just because somebody is a 300 pound, six foot six African American guy, you don't have to pull your damn gun out, officer. You know what I mean? That guy didn't do anything. And if he does do something, hey. But we're not we're not in Afghanistan. You know, we, the, the, the police need to not be militant. And like I said, there, you can't judge all by some. There are some amazing officers putting their lives on the line to try. And at, and, 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 and at the same time, I mean, you got to, like, in these situations, too, you know... There's a lot of unrest, and these guys are just doing their job out there too. And you yeah. see them standing there, and they're taking the they're taking the brunt of verbal yep. abuse or whatever is going on because of somebody else's actions that wasn't there. How many thousands of police officers have been civil and peaceful compared to that no good piece of garbage that shoved the 75 year old man down and hurt him the other day? There are more good ones mm-hmm. than people that don't know how to act. And, and exactly. I think this is a good good cleansing of that right now. I'm, I'm grateful. It's it's just a shame that everything, man, we went from COVID to uh, murder beetles or whatever, that murder hornets, and then this, that, yeah. and everything else. And, and then, boom, now we have civil unrest. And uh, But in order to grow, like I thought about this today when I was talking to one of the residents and trying to make sense of it. And sometimes these little analogies come through my head randomly and I usually forget them. But this one, I remember sometimes for a bone to get stronger, you got to break it. I don't That's That makes a hell of a lot of sense. And that's man. kind of what's happening in the world right now. Got to break the system, rebuild it and it's not just about equality. It's about overall empathy. The world's lacking empathy right now. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and that's all I hope that happens. Because my little voice is a little voice. But I do have a big enough voice that I can say that. And, and I'm not afraid to say that. As much as I'm not afraid, just like you, Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. And anybody that thinks otherwise could go fuck right off and until things yeah. and until things get better until you're you're opening the door i got yelled at the other day by a young kid at wawa i was holding the door for him he didn't want me holding the door for him obviously we were two different races i said okay you know hope you have a good day man and i just moved on there's no reason for people yeah. right now to plant their flag when they don't understand why they shouldn't 
And instead of getting angry and saying, my life matters too, time to time to put yourself second a little bit and because it really we've been stripped down to nothing for the most part um mm-hmm. we're all struggling to put food on the table take care of our children take care of our loved ones take care of our animals take care of everything so just remember so's the other guy or or girl so's that police officer so's that bus driver so is the, the person standing at Turkey Hill who's just as much of a hero as the healthcare heroes. You know, he's been making sure you got your milk. So, yep. you know, like, I I don't even like the word hero anymore when I hear it, I cringe. Because I think it's just, you know, with all these catch words and tag words and phrases and good Lord. <laughs> Boy, did I, just, did I just go off on a civil rights tangent? <laughs> A little bit there. That's all right. So, all right, we're going to close this interview out here with a final thought. One song you want people to hear, either yours or somebody else's. What would it be? Um, I posted a video the other day of Bob Dylan, Times Are Changing. All right. Where can people find it? Go on to YouTube. Find yourself a nice version of Bob Dylan Acoustic. There's several hundred mm-hmm. to choose from. They're all amazing. They're all different tempos and paces. And um, But please listen to what he's saying. Please. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. I. That's. All right, man. So that, that's what you want everybody to hear. Yeah, this is Mr. Nice Guy here on the Bartender's Jukebox Podcast. And we're going to have him back in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Hey, I love you, brother. All right, man. Thank you for, thank you for being on, man. All love, give brother. the family my love. I'll talk to you guys sooner than later. All right. Sounds Peace good. Well, that was the interview with Keith, Mr. Nice Guy. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um... I will be back sometime this week with a few more interviews and stuff like that with different musicians and maybe even some bartenders as well. So thank you for tuning in, and like I always say, stay thirsty for music.